Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Saturday, March 6th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. We've got afternoon hockey today as the Flyers will take on the Pens. Game three of this three-game set all in Pittsburgh. And I thought it was really interesting that Travis Konechny in his media availability yesterday said that the Flyers were treating this like a three best-of-three playoff series. Well, if that's the case, to move on, you got to win today. Lost game one, five to two, one game two in dramatic come from behind fashion, four to three. What is in store for today? I find this game today fascinating. How game one broke down where the, the Flyers outshot Pittsburgh handily in the game, but came away with a win. And even though they outshot them handily, you never felt like, well, Tristan Jari stole a game. That wasn't the feeling I came away with. And then in Game 2, obviously the first 3 minutes and 57 seconds uh, led to three Pittsburgh goals. AV calls a timeout, calms the team down. The team didn't panic. They got to work. They got the win in dramatic fashion. What does that win mean? How does that win affect them going forward? Because it can have a profound effect on them. It's one of those wins where because you didn't panic— because you got back to work and you and you stuck to your plan and you did the right things, and then you get that result after the hole that you dug can be one that you start to ride that. That can become a big part of your identity as a team. So going forward in the next couple of games, it'll be really interesting to see how that win, that 4-3 come from behind win, is followed up. That's one of the things that I'm so interested in in when it comes to today's game. Now, you know, Pittsburgh, they got a lot of really good players there still. There's a lot of pride there, a lot of leadership with Sidney Crosby and Malkin and Latang and all those veterans and some young players as well. So they're going to have pushback and they're going to have a say in this, but it'll be really interesting to see what the Flyers look like to begin this game coming up this afternoon. Quick turnaround, too, for the Flyers. They're going to play this game this afternoon, wrap up this three-game set, and then they're going to return home. Uh, Brian Elliott's going to get the start today in net for the Flyers. He'll have the back-to-back starts against Pittsburgh. And we we talked about this on the podcast. I was wondering how Elaine Vigneault would deploy his goaltenders in this situation. And he opted to go with, obviously, uh, Brian Elliott in the game on Thursday, going with Elliott again today, which which means Carter Hart's going to get the start. Uh, against the Washington Capitals, arrested Capitals team, no less, coming up on Sunday uh, in a return to the Wells Fargo Center. And a Wells Fargo Center, that's going to have some fans, which is going to be spectacular. And I can't, I can't wait for the game today, but I can't wait for tomorrow as well to get back in the building and see fans there. So that, that'll be uh, electric. And, and I imagine that those fans that are there are going to give Oscar Lindblom his just due. And Oscar Lindblom, obviously, he's earned it with the way in the courageous battle he had with Ewing Sarcoma, but he's also playing a lot better right now. You're starting to see his game return to the form it was prior to his diagnosis in the 2019-20 season. Uh, He came back in the bubble for those two games, and it was a great story. And this year he come back, and he's still trying to get his timing down, his strength, and and all of those elements to being an NHL uh, hockey player. And you're really starting to see it. From when they came back from the COVID postponements, you're starting to see the old Oscar Lindblom, the Oscar Lindblom that we saw take off in that 2019-20 season. So keep an eye on Oscar. He's been really good uh, of late, especially playing with Claude Giroux and Nicholas Albe-Kubel on that line. That line was incredibly effective. 
The other thing, we'll have to see if Joel Farabee comes off the uh, COVID protocol list. There's only two guys on the COVID protocol list in the entire NHL right now. Joel Farabee is one of them. We'll see if he comes off. Several players have come off after only two days. Sidney Crosby did it, obviously, just this past week. Keandre Miller from the New York Rangers came off after two days. If it's a contact tracing um, reason why he is on it or a false positive, uh, there is a chance that Joel Farabee could be back for the game today. Uh, we don't know that yet, at least not here at taping. Uh, we hope Joel Farabee's back because he's been so good for the Flyers, 19 points in 19 games, 10 of them goals. So we'll see how that plays out uh, But the Flyers and Penguins coming up today at 3. So a big game today. Uh, we're going to get to AV's press conference in just a moment, but did want to send out uh, the hockey world uh, mourning the loss of uh, Wayne Gretzky's father, Walter Gretzky. Walter Gretzky passed away at the age of 82, and he, he was a guy— I didn't know Walter Gretzky, but from all the stories, and I've talked to Keith Jones about him, all the stories that I've heard before, that people would just go up and knock on his door at his house, and he would invite them in, and he would bring them down into the basement, which was basically Wayne Gretzky's trophy case. All the awards, everything down there, memorabilia, and it was like a museum, and he would just invite people in. And uh, sad to see that Wayne Gretzky's father, Walter Gretzky, uh, loses uh, his life at the age of 82. So uh, we're thinking about uh, that as well. The, probably the, the father, the grandfather of hockey. And uh, Wayne, in his uh, message, when he announced it on social media, said that uh, he was truly the great one. So sad to see that news. Also, shout out, Dom Teruso, local hockey player, friend of mine's uh, son who's playing the game, uh, took a hit. And uh, banged out his shoulder pretty good in his collarbone, um, trying to avoid surgery. So shout out to Dom Teruso, number 93. Must be a Jake Voracek fan. Um, so, Dom, uh, get better soon, buddy, and uh, get back out on the ice. Great to see you playing. Uh, let's get to Elaine Vigneault, though. He spoke after yesterday's practice in Pittsburgh in advance of this game coming up this afternoon. And here's what the head coach had to say. First off, who starts in net tomorrow? And uh, your team was a little more physical last night. Was that said uh, before the game? to uh, be uh, take, try to take match Pittsburgh's uh, physicality. Sorry about that. Yep, no, no problem. Uh, Moose is going to play tomorrow, and, you know, there's no doubt that in these, uh, you know, back-to-back games, uh, especially when, you know, come on the right side of the first one that, uh, you know, players want to respond, and uh, part of being a little bit more physical is part of the, of the response. So uh, we had some guys last night that uh, came to play hard, uh, you know, finish their checks. And uh, I think it was part of, uh, you know, the, the winning process of last night's game. couple questions. Uh, yep. First one on Joel Farabee. Uh, is there any chance he can play tomorrow or do you expect it to be a long-term thing? Uh, at this time, he's part of the COVID protocol and that's all we're allowed to say. Uh, Carter Hart has played extremely well at home. Uh, is did that go into that factor into the decision to play uh, Brian Demore? Um, well, you know, six and nine, um, we've got back to back games. Both our goaltenders are, are playing well for us, and uh, we feel our coaches and players comfortable with either one. But Moose comes off, a, you know, a big comeback uh, from behind win, so we'll go with him tomorrow and Carter on Sunday. Hey, Elaine. Uh, over the last few games, you know, a lot of um, 
the issues that you had identified with the process earlier in the year. They've seemingly gotten better, but one thing that has popped up, you know, in these last couple of games is just the, the defensive breakdowns that, that have led to goals. I guess, what do you think has been the, the driving cause of that? And what do you guys need to do to fix that? Uh, you know, it's an area that we've been talking to our players and, and showing video. Our, our forecheck needs to be uh, better. You know, a, a lot of uh, those rushes that the opposition is coming off uh reads on our part not reloading the proper way as far as forwards uh you know not supporting the right way so uh they're all reads that i believe that we can improve on and uh, and we are i mean uh most parts of our game are, are trending the right way we're not going to be perfect we're going to make mistakes uh when we do you know you hope you get uh, a save or two and uh but uh, I think uh, our guys understand about the forecheck, the forechecking responsibilities, and uh, we'll uh, try and get better tomorrow because that's a, a, one of the best teams off the rush, and we definitely need to take that part of their game away. When you, when you guys get late news like Joel being out last night um, and you don't really have time in between to practice you know, and get your lineup set, do you, how much do you really rely on your veterans like Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux to kind of make the new mix of players work? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the situation that, uh, you know, you're faced with. And, you know, that happens, uh, you know, in when you're in the playoffs and you're playing against the same team over and over, you know, you go into uh, <clears throat> certain mornings not knowing exactly what your lineup is going to be at night. Players want to play. Uh, they play through a pain and an injury. <clears throat> and uh, so a lot of times you've got to make game time decision. Then there's different possibilities throughout your lineup. <clears throat> Yesterday was a different thing. <clears throat> going into the night before, I had planned what my four lines was going to be, what our six Ds was going to be. Never anticipated that uh, Joel would go under the COVID protocol. We got here, and as soon as we stepped on the ice, we found out the news. So adapt, adjust, and, and get ready, and that's what we're trying to do. All right, there's Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault addressing the media. Really interesting question from Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic. As he asked Elaine Vigneault, the whole response, the whole back and forth is, is really revealing to me. Charlie asks Elaine Vigneault about the process and about the defensive lapse. And you heard Nolene Vigneault's answer. He referenced the forecheck multiple times. And the interesting part about that is he was asked about defensive laps. So when you first hear that, you may go, does he know he's answering a question about the, the defensive lapses or is he thinking offense? But that's not the case. He knows exactly what he's answering. And the reason why he's answering it and referring to the forecheck is because, and then you heard him reference too, Pittsburgh in transition, one of the better teams is the forecheck is designed to get pucks below the bottom of the circle. And when you don't get pucks below the bottom of the circle, the transition is way more lethal because there's less ice to travel. So if you turn a puck over in the offensive zone, top of the circle, higher than the dot, that team can in turn in transition and get right back on you faster. Plus, it also does not allow your wingers and your forwards to get back into the neutral zone at, at the loss of possession and clog the neutral zone and make it harder for them to come through. You get a lot of odd man breaks when that happens, and that is the result of some what look like defensive breakdowns, but they actually started in the offensive zone 
because of the inability to get a puck deep and get a proper forecheck going in the O-zone. You've also heard Elaine Vigneault say to get pucks behind their D. Now, behind their D means down below the circles, down below the goal line. That way you can get it on the forecheck. You have to get pucks deep or teams in the NHL. They're so capable of getting that puck. It's no longer get the puck on a bad dump or a bad forecheck and D to D regroup and everybody go up the ice together. No, it's turnover right back up the ice. Stretch pass, hit a guy moving through the middle. Now they're on top of you. They're trying to get numbers. They're trying to get an odd man rush because that's how you score. Odd man rushes, east-west passes, layered screens, tips, rebounds. That's how you score in the NHL. And they're trying to avoid that and take that part of weaponry away from Pittsburgh by getting pucks deep. And the defensive zone break, it looks like a D zone breakdown, but it's actually not. It starts in the offensive zone. It results in bad result at the other end, your D zone. So that's something that I thought was a really interesting exchange that he brought it all the way back to that forecheck, which I don't know that he's been completely happy with all year long. And rightfully so. It's looked good at points. It's looked better. But it still is a reason why on Tuesday night, Pittsburgh scored that third goal in transition off a dump in that didn't go deep enough and therefore didn't allow the forecheck to come in and the Penguins were going the other way. They ended up with a goal from Cody Cece on the play. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Everybody, enjoy your hockey today. We'll be back tomorrow on a day after game and a day of game edition of Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening. Seal.